1: You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle, War Report
0: family? It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are here another morning drop. And it's time to talk about what's the best postseason that's out here in all of sports. We're in postseason mode. Let's talk about it right here. Y'all know how we do War Report style. Just drop it on them. You, are, you now are now listening, listening to, to The War Report. Morning, drop. drop Time, Monday, May 29th, Memorial Day. You mm-hmm. got Ike Jones joined by B. Will. First and foremost, shout out to all of those who uh have family members that are in the armed services and those who have lost family members that are part of the armed services. Today is our day to celebrate those people and the freedoms that we have here in this country, don't take it for granted. Um, But yeah, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Hopefully everybody's finding some kind of way to celebrate, chill, kick back, be well. Mm -hmm. Um, What made me think about this whole postseason thing is Auburn baseball making the Mm postseason, hosting a regional Mm -hmm. for the second year in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get into what sport has the best postseason, Let's talk about Auburn baseball making the postseason because some people are out there in their feelings and there's no better opportunity to kick people than when they're down. They're right there (laughs) by your foot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's easiest right there.
0: So, yeah, um, Auburn baseball makes the postseason as a regional host. A lot of people are saying that, well, not a lot. There are some salty fans out there saying that Auburn didn't deserve this. Auburn baseball did not deserve to host this Mm. regional. It's only because John Cohen is over the committee that selects where the regional things are happening. Mm -hmm. What say
1: you be will does Auburn deserve this? (laughs) Thank you, John Cohen for coming here (laughs) and making your presence felt. Um, it, It is still a who you know world. And I was not in the committee meetings. I don't know how the voting went, how the decisions got made. But do you think I care if we got preferential treatment? Of course I don't. Everybody gets preferential treatment. What are you talking about? You're in a position where you have somebody who has guided uh, another team, presided over another national championship winning baseball team and program. He obviously has interest in the sport, John Cohen, so he's on that committee. We've got other coaches from programs in football who are on the the playoff selection committee. Yes, Mm -hmm. this happens. This always happens, unless you want to just make it completely, here's the numbers, here's how you ranked. It's all based on performance. I'm actually more inclined to go to an objective model. But how we got in, we beat some of the best teams in the nation handily the last month of the season. It was not close. Now, our early record was weighing us down, but what team are we right now? How have we played this last month coming into the season? That's how we got to host a regional. The Mm -hmm. early part of our season weighs down our record, weighs down our RPI, and everybody wants to boo-hoo about that. You show me somebody who beat the quality of competition that we beat, had a streak like we had, and is that who we bumped? Did we bump out somebody who had won, what, 10 games straight? Who had beat the, the number one team uh, in the, the number three team in the nation over the course of last month in series? Sure. Show me those. You show me those teams and I say, hey, you're right. Preferential treatment. In this case, who do we beat? How do we beat them? And what type of run were we on? Come on, man. That's that's academic. But still, if it wasn't academic, eat it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, John Cohen could get us in there. Who cares? Well, here's the thing about the
0: whole John Cohen thing, right? Like, and I, I, I meant to look this up before I got on, as to like who all comprised this committee. It's not as if John Cohen had unilateral decision making within right. the committee to just say, right. nah, 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 nah. Auburn's getting in there. I don't care what y'all say, right? Like, did he have influence? Yeah, but he's not a solo voter, right? Well, he is a solo voter. What I'm saying is, like, it he's ain't not the as only if, person. right? Other people could have stopped this. John is. So what what people are trying to tell me is John Cohen's just that persuasive. OK, uh, then great A.D. hire. Congratulations, Auburn, for making a good hire with your athletic director. If he's swinging that big of a bat in the middle of these meetings to say, I don't care what the RPI says and all it. Y'all are coming to Auburn. Right. Thank, thank you, sir, for doing your job and advocating on behalf of your
1: university. Right. And just as anybody else in there who is tied to a university would be doing. I, right. I don't I don't know the, how that's different. He's okay, not... Yeah. Who's the other people on the committee? Were y'all
0: not advocating for your people or somebody in your conference to make it? Right. That's my fault. John Cohen's better at his job than you are. Yeah. I, I, I if understand if you're solely putting this on John Cohen, then you're right. saying John Cohen is better at his job than any of the other athletic directors that were in there in this comedian meeting that could have stopped this. Right. Or... Maybe Auburn deserves it. Right. And everybody who's objective in that committee was like, yeah, not nah, they earned this.
1: Right. Right. Easy. Easy. I, I don't really understand how you expect that to work as, as if everybody was like, listen, I know I just got to Auburn. You got to put my guys in there. And everybody was like, well, I wasn't going to vote for him. But John, yeah, so nicely, let's give him a reason. <laughs> like, that's right. how that works. Man, come on, man. There's too many people in there who wouldn't have interest in helping Auburn out. Enough people voted to give them the spot. We got the spot. It's over, man. I don't want to talk about it no more. Cool. Well, let's talk about post-seasons, though. Let's talk about post-seasons. While you
0: guys are in here, make sure you're doing the necessary. That is sharing the video. We appreciate when you share the video, getting other people involved. I know it's Memorial Day. Everybody's got other stuff going on. But if you're just chilling, you know, waiting for the grill to get fired up, all those sort of things, no better way to kick back than to listen to the war poor. And if you hate us, then just argue with us. It's fine. Like the video and subscribe to the channel. All of those, th- all those things are necessary. But let's have the conversation about post-seasons. Is it unanimous that March Madness is the best? Is college basketball have the best postseason of all sports? I don't think so. I have okay. Never, I, I, you know I, what? I, I was hoping that you disagreed no, with this. No, no. Be well. Tell me who
1: has the best postseason in all of sport. The NBA has the best postseason of all of sports. <clears throat> or the, the NHL does too. They, they are <clears throat> neck and neck. And the reason they are the best postseasons in all of sports is because they are seven game series. Okay. Mm. So what you can be assured is that the best team is going to win that series. In the NFL, in college basketball, and also in college football. College football, I can't even guarantee you the right teams are going to be in play. So, it's definitely not uh, uh the college football playoff. But in the NFL and college basketball, I have to play, you have to be the hottest team and also a very good team because you're not going to beat Five six teams in a row. If you're bad, okay, you have to at least be good at the right time. And I love that those berths allow for somebody to be hot at the right time and run the table. Yes, I love that part about um, one game playoffs. However, I can have a bad game and not bounce back from it. I can have a bad game in that in my season in the NFL. Somebody could scheme out scheme me for a half and I not be able to recover. I don't. To have greatness of a season, have a great team, all that dwindled down to what you are for 30 minutes, for 15, a bad 15 minutes can sink your game. And those are those games. That That is quintessentially what the NFL is. So I, I can't really be upset at that. But you spent 17 NFL regular season games trying to figure out who the best teams were. Mm-hmm. And now, so you, look, so you're going to drop a dud somewhere in there, I, somebody's going to come out and have championship ex- expectations and lose to a team that ends up under 500. And they could still go on and win a championship. It doesn't mean they're a bad team, but I should be able to have a bad game without being penalized for it. And what's going on in the NBA right now? The Heat and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. If I give you who's going to... Best out of three series also kind of was this problem, which is why the NBA went to best out of seven. Seven make sure... The best team is going to win this series. You meant best out of five, right? It was, for me, I'm supposed to first to three, best out of five for the NBA. It still gave room for some nonsense. Like, if you don't have a best out of seven series, does the NBA Finals in 2016 that LeBron pulled off? That, that never happens. His legacy doesn't get submitted if it's the first to win three. What this we're having right Boston now- Boston-Miami series is over by now. Right. This, this is this over. Is sweet. And we would have, it would have been decided, now maybe Miami wins it, but- we are going to know exactly who each team is because they both have their ups and downs. And then you get the game to say, here's who's the king of the mountain. I love seven-game series. I don't think that single-game elimination tournaments or runs are the best way to decide champions. I can't deny that the people who do it, truly great. Like, to capture that, to capture the, the, the momentum that you have, to be playing at the highest level you can play for that long a stretch, it is rewarding. But it doesn't guarantee me that, that, that the team that you beat wasn't a better team. And to me, I think the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs both are the quintessential playoff models. So what about then the college
0: baseball world series in which it's a double elimination tournament?
1: I don't, I don't have any gripe with that. I think it's um, because, like in all college sports, who gets into the tournament? is decided subjectively, I have very little love for that. I have very little love for voters deciding things. Make it a record. Make it who has the best records. In college, of course, it's different because we don't all play the same competition. In pro sports, there is equal competition. Even if you have divisions, you're going to play enough heavy hitters or enough teams when you get into the playoffs, you're going to get matched up against somebody who has your number or who has the potential to take you down. In college, you can play a very, very soft schedule. Look, the Pac-12 champion can get in there, having beaten nobody of consequence, and be matched up against other people. So I see why they don't get voted in. Understood. I still like an objective. Here's how you get in. You meet this metric, you get in. I don't want voters with agendas deciding who gets into a playoff. That's what makes the, the, the college baseball. That's the only knock against the college baseball World Series. Okay, well, so I, I I am going to fall in probably
0: the, the more typical path and say that I think that March Madness is the absolute most electric postseason that fun, exists.
1: Fun, sure, fun, it's, yeah.
0: It, to me, it's the best, followed closely, though, by the NBA playoffs. I think the NBA playoffs is the most compelling um, professional uh, postseason easily, just because you can't deny— just the 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 insanity that happens during the NBA playoffs. Now the the first couple of rounds are usually boring. Right. But once you get to conference finals time and you get to the NBA finals, it is But see that that but to, to me that's why March Madness is compelling because there's not really boring games in March. Like there is the potential that one to 16 is probably the only time where you're like eh but every round there's a comp- like every single round of March Madness there's
1: a compelling game to watch. I mean there's every usually a couple, round. but there are more rounds. I mean well there's more teams playing, right? You if, yeah. if I'm going to play see, 8 games in a day, I'm guaranteed at least two of them was, is going to be phenomenal. So, yeah, by by sheer volume of games going on, yes, there are going to be some very competitive games. I agree I agree with the excitement. I agree with the excitement. Do you think though that that is the best way to determine who the best team in college basketball is. I just don't know if there is a better way though, right? Like there's
0: too many teams in collegiate sports to try to, there's not a perfect scenario that exists that allows it. I think I love the fact that they added the play-in game um, to get into the round. Like I, I love the fact that they did that in the NBA, having the play-in tournament. I think that was beautiful to allow somebody on the fringe and opportunity to get in. Those bubble teams competing for the final spots, love that. Mm -hmm. um but i don't know that there's a better way to do it in college basketball i think college football is trying to capture that with adding the expansion in the college football playoff Mm -hmm. but they're still not going to get it right there's just too many teams there's too many teams that could potentially compete there's no way to really be able to say who's the best team in college football and it be unequivocal like Yes, this team is definitely better than this other team. I just don't know that you can do that with all the teams that exist out there. That's there's true. always going to be somebody who's going to argue. Well, we, if we had gotten in there, we would have beat them. But you didn't, so you can't. Right <laughs> yeah. to your point, you're like there's there's not really like okay in fictional scenario where the you know twenty you know the 2000 team plays this other 2000 team in the era of the BCS, right? You never got the shot. I get it. Like right. we Auburn has that same gripe a couple of times over. I right. get it, but you didn't get to play in the game, so we can right. say, in theory, sure, maybe you could have won that game, but you didn't get that shot too, so it doesn't really matter,
1: right? Right.
0: Um. But yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I I don't know that there's a better way to determine that, right? Like, is there a format that you could think of for college basketball that makes more sense than the the current field of teams and going through this
1: entire bracket? With that, you know what? Because we're so used to college uh, March Madness and what it is, it's really hard to to imagine it being any other way. You would really have to institute series. Maybe you do best of three series. Uh, first one to win two games. But, but so then, you're talking about shrinking the field, then, right? Like we'd have to shrink the field. Yeah. So are we only taking
0: if you have to win your conference and then the conference champions go play in a
1: series of? I, I, don't e- I don't even like that because the conference championship is a smaller, a smaller version of the NCAA tournament. So, well, so l- let's say we
0: get rid of if you were getting rid of the conference championship um, models as they currently exist. And l- like we we had the conversation yesterday on the weekend tailgate about instead of doing a conference tournament right for basketball, we're just going to take the top two teams and they play a conference championship game. Right, So the top two teams from every conference plays a conference championship game. The winner of that conference championship game goes on into a best-of-three series tournament for the best team in college basketball. Is that a better model for you? Because then it's completely merit-based. It you had is, to win the regular season games to get you into the opportunity stood. to play the championship. Right. You got to win the championship game.
1: Do you want that championship game to be a best-of-three too? I, so here's what I want. I want... The teams who qualify in each conference, I don't want just the top two because there is absolutely a team who's going to be three or four, maybe even five, that started getting hot. I do love the ability of certain uh, championships, ability for a team to catch heat and have momentum. like That is extremely valuable. That's what Auburn's doing now. That's what Miami Heat did to get to the point where they're at right now. That's what a lot of football, some of the, the more classic NFL championship runs like when uh, Green Bay did it one year. The Steelers did it as a six seed. Um, another team won the championship as a six seed one year. Oh, excuse me, as a wild card is what they were. They were six seed in their conference, mm-hmm. but they were wild card. You should be able to get better and be like, oh, no, we got it right now. After this, after the, the bye week, we put something together. We change quarterbacks because you losing those games early doesn't account for the changes that you made. That's why I hate when those early records weigh people down. Let people get in if they have momentum. So I would be open for top four in your conference. Play a, a, a four, a final four for that conference instead of having all 14 teams play in a conference tournament. I think that's nonsense. Your, your 14th best team is not going to win your tournament. I don't think that's ever happened. I don't expect that to ever happen because you have to not only be bad, but be bad a long time to be number 14 in your conference. So take the top four maybe. Have them Great. do a final four. Then from there put them in some best of three brackets. I would love to see that. Hmm. Interesting development here. I didn't expect this
0: conversation to go this direction, but we need to send this film up to the NCAA (laughs) so they can start to say, hey, man, the War Report put forth a model that fixes... The to make sure that the best of the best get in, but the thing that you lose is the Cinderella stories, right? Like, well, I mean, you don't really lose it though, there's because there's still seat some seating, right? Right, you still have seating that would exist within the the conferences that somebody could shock and get in, and then you have the seating within that final tournament. Like, nobody's expecting, you know, some division whatever team to come up and knock off. This Power Five team, right? right. So I, I guess you still have a Cinderella yeah, aspect to that. Sure. Okay, That's an interesting. Interesting. I don't. I don't. How many conferences are there when That's conferences when conference realignment happens? Right? Like, does that shake up your scenario in that? Right? Because mm, it's too you, many you teams, and yeah. Well, you don't have. Yeah, you don't have as many conferences left. Right. So now your tournament numbers have to shift in some sort of way. I don't know. Well, there, there, there's. It's it's an interesting model. I don't mm-hmm. know that it's
1: perfect. Definitely interesting. Dr- Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. drop. Post-season
0: play. Who has the best in all of sports? We'll get it kicked off with Chris Sanders, who says, March Madness. Only in March can you survive a game versus New Mexico State and go on a run to demolish three blue bloods. It's chaos personified.
1: I agree. I agree. I agree that it's the most exciting. I agree that it's the most exciting. But I will say this if you put that Auburn team in some best of three series versus those same blue bloods, I, I, th- I think we still win because we're the best team. So yes, we were able to capture the momentum that year. And in that model run roughshod over the majority of college basketball. I also think we thrive in those three game, uh, those best of three series that we're you know theorizing about because we were just that good. We The shooting was too good. The hustle was too good. Uh, they were, seniors man it was it was fantastic we would thrive no matter what but i i, t- I take your point march madness was that year was phenomenal for us jonathan
0: Boyson said uh, echoes and says march madness 100 percent." but the 12 team playoff might be close we will have to wait and see hmm. Hmm. any thoughts on whether or not the 12 team playoff could creep in there if you, you you gave me your top two right which was you said the nfl NBA, and nba, NBA NFL. were your top two NBA and NHL, excuse Mm, me. Yes. Uh, NBA, NHL top two. Who would be, what would be your third one if you were to put a top 3 postseason post-season tournament slash whatever play out there? Would it be NFL then because it's more mirror-based?
1: Because it's mirror-based, because it's objective. It's, you know, you know what your top seed is. You know what you get when you win that top seed. You know you're hosting. You earn the right to have that. So you go on your run. And if you're really good as the wild card, maybe you got it together late, but you got it together. So you're, you're, ready to take on all those away games. I just, I, I love it. But that, that has its own drama as well. Um, I would say NFL number three. Okay. Be Will, the fan of professional postseason sports. Yes. Take these voters out of the,
0: the postseason. Gotcha. AU alum 94 says March Madness by far, hoping college football playoff turns into madness with expanding numbers of teams, not postseason, but World Cup is off the hook.
1: World Cup is cool.
0: That's why they. It is. It's a different kind of passion involved with World Cup. But okay, so we started down this conversation with the last one, and I kind of cut you off. The um, twelve team playoff, though. Mm. Any chance that that creeps up into the top three? Well, let's let's just take collegiate sports then, um, and talk about that, and 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 move the professional sports out of the way. Okay. where would you rank your collegiate sports, and does the college football playoff have an opportunity to to take the number one spot at some point in time
1: with the twelve team expansion? If we're just doing collegiate sports, then I do think March Madness is number one because okay. the excitement. And it's not that I think if you not look bad. at the, so okay, wait a minute, but you, the
0: the 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 double elimination tournament uh, tournament of college baseball
1: not better than March Madness. The thing about baseball that that makes it tough for me is that. Similar to what happens, you get a
0: home court advantage at some point in time with it. You do. You, you're you do. hosting.
1: It's more about the sport, baseball, which is why I'm not. I'm not mm. up here um, campaigning for the MLB playoffs. It's best of seven mm. too. But what happens with baseball usually every year is you're going to spend so much time playing all these regular season games. It comes down to mostly who is their best self at the end of the season. Similar to the NFL, which is not unusual, pitching matters so much more in baseball. I think baseball is unevenly weighted to the greatness of your pitching staff. You can Mm -hmm. be out here with an MVP candidate batting three fifty for the season, and he hit 48 home runs, and he had 120 ribbies, but his pitching staff was terrible. Like, Look at what the guy out in, um, in Anaheim is doing. Uh, I keep on losing the same. He's out there with Trout. He's pitching Otani. O, uh, mm-hmm. Why can I even have Trout and Otani on a team and that team be terrible? It's so unevenly weighted in baseball. To me, that's what keeps it down. Now, if you have a team that, oh man, they're pitching lights out and they're knocking the, the, the skin off the ball, yes, it's exciting. But with baseball, I you can be terrible all year. And have MVP candidates. I I don't like this mix of your greatest players aren't necessarily what's going to carry you. I like that. They're not going to be impacting the game in the most beneficial ways, like in basketball or football. Week in basketball, and this is true, of course, NBA and, and NCAA, I can see the greatest players have an even greater impact by raising their game. You can be a great player playing baseball and raise your game, but y'all still getting slumped by by eight runs a game. You're you're only gonna bat so many times. You can only might not even come
0: your direction defensively. If your greatest player isn't a pitcher, they're not going to impact every
1: single play that happens. Yes, twelve people gonna get out there on the diamond for y'all, and we need one dude to be great to have a chance to win in the postseason. And if he's not, then you're screwed. And I don't the uneven weighting of that. Like quarterback is kind of like that. I mean, it is like that, but it's also you still have to be great. Like I watched, of course, um Patrick Mahomes be great and get slumped because their offensive line was bad and his receivers were dropping passes. It didn't matter. Cohesively, the most balanced team was Tampa Bay in that Super Bowl. They won. They did have to be great, but they were great everywhere. As a unit, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, I hear you, man. Uh, AU alum ninety four jumps in again and says best postseason ranks in order: March Madness, NFL playoff, college football playoff. When it expands, World Cup and Major League Baseball
1: playoffs. I, don't, I can't. It's hard to. It's hard to argue with the March Madness. I'm always going to be the stupid. NBA playoffs is not in his top five. That is a very because I. I the NBA playoffs to me is one of the best in, in all of sports. You can you can literally see legacies being written in the as the NBA playoffs are going. Like our opinion of who Eric Spolstra is could change drastically
0: Listen, tonight. you and I were having a conversation just the other day about how I thought Eric Spolstra was one of the most underrated coaches in all of sports. Right. Like I just I was just like, man, I think Eric Spolster is a great coach. I think Jimmy Butler's one of the most underrated superstars in all of basketball. And that narrative has swung so Woo, much Woo, over buddy. the co- course of these last three games as to is Eric Spolster even a good coach, which is still a nonsense statement. Yeah, Listen, nonsense. they can lose this series. Eric Spolster still a good coach. Is Jimmy Butler clutch enough to close out a series? Let's be clear. Jimmy Butler is still great. Even right. if they lose this series. Right. But the narrative about this Miami team, yes. which which is crazy because my people are forgetting Miami's the eight seed, bro. A-C. They had it's not like Right. It's not as if they're some a, a one or two seed and that this is happening to them. Right. I just I, I don't I don't get how these narratives fluctuate so drastically in these scenarios, but it is what it is. That's right. what happens in sport is that they're narrative driven. Um, situations that happen and people are trying to figure out like the whole narrative around who should be the MVP has been crazy because in the regular season, it was clear to a lot of people that Nikola Jokic should be the the guy. He doesn't win it, and his team
1: is going crazy in the postseason, and him specifically in the postseason. So it it instantly looks like an indictment of the regular season voters, which is that's one thing I do hate about the NBA. I don't want media voting on who the best player is. Or at least take the weight way down. The people who have bias, what's his name, Bill Simmons, he's out there, he's such a Boston homer, and he's like, well, I don't know about this team and that team. Yeah, we know who you want to win, who you want to win MVP. Take media voting out of everything or at least weigh it so, so lightly against the coaches vote. Let coaches vote. Let the players vote. Players don't lie. They'll tell you who is hard to guard, who, who yeah, got I, the I mean, best of them all to, the time. To
0: a degree, to a, but you don't think that there's going to be bias. in. So let's go back to this whole thing about the committee conversation around baseball right now and okay. college baseball. Right. If you have coaches get a vote. Do they? Do you not think that some of them are going to weight their own players more heavily? And say like, well, this is a guy that nobody talks about, but he deserves just as much recognition as
1: anybody else. Don't you think that's going to happen? Just like it would be for a media member. If every coach was only biased towards their players, then none of those players have a leg up on any of the other players. Right. But what? What? Then you have the one or two coaches who aren't biased, and they're just like, well, now if we're, if we're
0: being honest, this guy.
1: Right. I mean. I- I but if you're polling the number of baseball coaches who the who actually have an opportunity at the postseason, like we're not talking about people who are okay, if you're you made the postseason, you get to vote. No, everybody gets to vote. So it's like a hundred what fifty-something I don't know the, the number of baseball programs that are actually eligible for the postseason, but I think it's a lot. The same way in college basketball. Mm-hmm. If that many coaches get to vote, you don't think that there's gonna be some, you know what, we saw this guy. In the non-conference yeah, but they, don't, not, he was crazy. they don't play each other for real. Like, there's a few of them,
0: but no, like don't. we don't play any Pac-12 teams on a regular basis. So there, there's going to be like that one team that you play that you you saw. Mm-hmm. So it's still going to be weighted heavily towards your conference then, right? Like, well, this team was the best team in our conference; they should definitely get a shot, right? It's I don't I don't know that you you're there's a way to remove bias from this. To your the the, the point that I will agree with you on is that, and I think we've talked about this before. Is that media doesn't watch enough of the sport to right. be able to accurately say anything about that sport in professional, maybe right. in college, no way,
1: right. There's just too many teams it's too to many watch. too many teams, too many games. like I, I think about often the fact that Khalil Mack was playing for Buffalo and the year that he got drafted that season before when he played for Buffalo, they played Ohio State. I remember because I was betting on this game. And Ohio State could not pull away from Buffalo. I was like, man, what the hell is going on? They were supposed to beat the team by like four touchdowns. And I found out the next season, as Khalil Mack gets drafted, I was like, he was on this t- He had like a fumble return for touchdown. He was going crazy against the Buckeyes. Because he's Khalil Mack, I'm like, oh, they had this guy. Now, if the nation had watched this guy play football all season, especially how he turned up against Ohio State, why doesn't he get some vote for the most outstanding Because he plays in Buffalo. <laughs> Because he plays at Buffalo, there's yeah. no way to accurately assess who the best players in college football is if you only watch the top teams of, of these five conferences. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, and and
0: and the reason why that prediction is even so much more tough is because you you don't know it. Are they showing out versus this level of competition, or are they just that good? Right. It's like, right. is it relative to the competition, or are you just really that good? And that's that's hard to judge sometimes. It like, is. listen, that's why this is why things like speed are like things that you can't teach, right? Like I can't teach you to be fast. So if somebody can run really fast, then they'll just say to themselves, well, they're just going to always run really fast. So we're going to value that so high. Now, does that mean that you're a better football player? No, but I know I can objectively say a 4-3 is a 4-3. I don't care what field you put it on. Right. Right. They right. always going to be a four three unless they get injured. Right. So it's that the 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 criteria by which you're judging these people becomes the only way to make it objective is to do measurables. But those measurables don't the intangible stuff doesn't get factored into that, which right. makes it very hard. It's a very inexact science right. of predicting talent whether or not talent is going to be able to move up to the next level, even if you put the tape on. Right? right. Like you can put the tape on for power five guys and know exact hey, l- listen, this guy can compete against anybody. I watched him do it. But what do you do for those guys that are playing FCS? What do you right. do against those group of five guys who never got tested on the same field? Right. You can't really, it's, it's not objective. So it gets tougher, to your yeah, point. And sure. that's what makes it so much more difficult to get true, like, voting for these postseason awards for for college stuff because it's like come on man like I think baseball actually has it a little bit easier if you could pitch you could just pitch bro like right, right. that sinker is nasty I don't care what batter you're facing it's the true. difference I think that happens is pressure situations right like yes. can you perform in a particular pressure environment and still be at this level and I don't know that there's
1: an objective way to test that, but it still is, is what it is. You have to get there. Like it took the Dodgers years to break through because Kershaw was great regular season, postseason shaky. Similar to a Peyton Manning, right? Lights out regular season. Postseason right. when they when they ran into the hottest hitting teams, the teams who could key in, look, we're gonna see this this, this dude twice. We've seen him in the regular season a couple times. And Kershaw just tightened up in the regular season. And Peyton Manning, man, when he played better defenses who were ready for what he did, who knew how good he was and were and could counter it, that's why he didn't run through the playoffs like like uh Tom Brady did. It's a different game in the postseason, which is again, I, I guess that's again me advocating for the NBA and the NHL. The postseason's longer. All right. I am going to get to honker down and play this same team over and over and over again. That's why mentally what I think is happening between Boston and Miami. Phenomenal. We had you yeah. down, and you to show what Boston has shown to even get to three three is phenomenal. You don't get this in one one game, uh, one one loss elimination tournaments. You just don't.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Jonathan Boyson says disagree. Be will because usually the best team always wins. Upsets are a part of what make the postseason great. But see, that's the so thing. The, the I want to know who the had best
1: team is. That, that's the difference. Well. To your point, the NBA playoffs, we did. We saw Giannis and the Bucs lose to Miami, an eighth seed. And honestly, it's not like they had played great this season. They they didn't even really hit their stride until they had some injuries. Some guys came. Kyle Lowry was out for a large part of the season. So they turned it up a little bit in March. But it was really like, look, we got to get in the postseason. We got to quit playing. And they had to play their way through the play-in to get. And then they beat the number one team. The number 18 beat the number one team. That was a huge upset. We got a great soundbite from Giannis about what failure is Mm -hmm. because we had a great upset in the NBA playoffs. So I think that's a little unusual. This season is a little different. There was no dominant team in the NBA, okay? Granted, one of the best teams lost in the first round. I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. So I agree with you that, yes, the best team usually wins, but I think that's what a championship should be. Who is the best team in this sport, not necessarily who is the hottest team in this sport. And that's what I do love about the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Okay. Um, another disagreement here from Chris, who says that doesn't breed
0: excitement, though, be will, got to consider consumer engagement. And he goes on to say predictability is not why we watch sports. I
1: will grant you that. Yes, it is exciting to watch upsets, especially when I get to see Bama lose in the Sweet 16 with the best all-time team they ever had. That was phenomenal. I, I love that type of stuff. Some of the irregularity with college basketball, though, is because they're college players. They aren't professional. They have off nights more often. Pressure gets to them much more than it gets to professional players. They don't, it's not, they don't even play as many games. They don't devote as much time to this craft. And the pros, man, they are steel. And it's 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 such a, a high level of of professionalism and focus. Like that's something that I get from pros that I don't get from college. And that's why I like it better. But I will I will grant you that it's not as exciting but one thing i think predictability does get people to watch because i want you to think about the years when golden state clearly had the best team when you know you're going to get the best
0: team versus the best team yes you want to you definitely are tuning into that this is this is the whole argument about which i think is a lazy argument about why people thought that this nba finals was not going to be interesting because you're not going to have a perennial powerhouse playing another perennial powerhouse you're right. going to have two relatively underdogish teams playing against one another both of which nobody anticipated being in this final so they're like oh it's not going to be as good but it's like it actually is going to be great it's going to be phenomenal you're still going to get really good teams playing against one another but to your point Watching two teams that you know are really good play one another, that's why people think the college football situation is so good because it's like, ah, man, I can't wait to see such-and-such such play such-and-such. Such. It's the best defense all season playing. Again. But that's also why that Georgia versus TCU final this past season was terrible. right? Because it's like, come on, bro. like,
1: right.
0: Are we TCU really got thinking hot? TCU's
1: going to do something? Yeah, TCU got hot, but y'all ain't really. It's when, it's when, <laughs> there was – Georgia was – the standard of football for the but last that's years. why georgia versus ohio state was so good that's why it was so good because you they were the the best offensive team and the best maybe overall team in georgia you want to see the big matchups you want to see the heavyweight bouts when you know both are qualified to be there alabama versus georgia in the in the, the final a couple years ago yes you want to see you want to see if a team can knock off the expected uh king of the mountain Yes, we do want to see that. We may not, we, we may want an upset, but you still want to see that clash of the best teams, not just an upset like happens in the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely see arguments because I do love a good Cinderella. But at the same time, if that Cinderella isn't good enough to actually win the whole thing. Like I like Cinderella's who nobody knew they were that good. It wasn't yeah. that they you know were a bad team and they snuck in there and then they got hot. Nobody knew they were that good and then they're just going through here taking down a bunch of giants cuz it's like, "Nah, they really that that like." And and that happens I think more often in college basketball because right. again, you can have a supreme athlete out there that's right. just right. they tilt the direction of everything and they maybe they just didn't get the offer to the big school, mm-hmm. but in whatever conference they're in, they out there putting Video game numbers up, and then they get into the tournament, they might cut back down to earth a little bit, but they're still torching people. You know, they might have been putting up forty in the conference, and they're gonna only put twenty five in the tournament. But it's like, all right, cool, twenty five a game. We're still giving you buckets, and we can play good defense. We can make a run, go out here, and possibly beat some teams. Yeah, like, I think that there's intrigue in that. Yeah, Steph Curry,
1: right, a singular yeah. force on a team that really none, none of those other guys were pros. I'm gonna take us past. We're gonna get. Or did they go to the Elite Eight? What, Davis, the elite? I don't remember whether or not. I don't I think remember it was how the elite far they got. No, wait, no. One player can completely change the dynamic of a team in basketball, which is what makes it so exciting. I agree on the excitement part. I'm just not sure that's how you find out who the best team in college basketball is. Sometimes, you, sometimes they are one the same. I, I believe that. I think this past season, yes, UConn was pretty good all year save for some some injuries they had for a stretch. Really good coaching. He got that team to play at their best at the end of the year. And I do think that they were deserving last year. But sometimes, man, some really good teams are getting knocked off for a bad game. And it's like, ah, I hate to see that. But it's the game. It's the game. It is fun, though.
0: And I see a couple of people talking about how good Denver has been. I didn't say I said that. I said that the narratives out there about uh, sports writers has been that they didn't want to see Denver versus Miami or Denver versus Boston. I still think it's going to be a really great team. I just think that for whatever reason, the media personnel have been on this. This is going to be a terrible postseason or terrible NBA Finals. I don't agree with that, but that's what's been happening as far as the uh, conversations that have been happening out there. Anyway. We're out of here. We will be back at you guys with another Morning Drop. Enjoy the remainder of your holiday weekend. Happy Memorial Day again to everybody who's out there. Like the video before you get out of here. Subscribe to the channel. Share the love with somebody else. We are out. Until next time, and as always, War Eagle,
1: peace. Drop!